Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee, your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for this happy Friday. Friday. What is today? The 23rd of February. And hopefully all of you are doing well this morning. I see a couple of people checking in already, and uh, I love that. And I got to tell you guys, after a nine-hour internet outage yesterday, that I'm almost fed up. I mean, I, you know, after a while in your life, you're like, is this even worth it anymore? I'm in the middle, literally in the middle of the webinar for the prenatal lunar eclipse and solar eclipse in your charts, which I have been excited for about two weeks to share, maybe even longer, to share with uh, the people, to, with all of you. And in the middle of a sentence, literally, the internet goes out. And all of a, I, I thought I had hit a button because all of a sudden it tells me it's starting to um, download the recording. And I'm like... I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And then I realized I have no internet. And uh, the funny thing about it, there, there's some funny, quirky things about the whole experience yesterday in this that I'd have to tell you about because it made me go, are these signs from the universe? So it started out yesterday morning, very early. I got up and I always, I leave our bedroom window open at night just for some fresh air. <laughs> Even when it's 20 degrees outside, I just like that fresh air. And when I uh, started to close my window, I saw this white animal outside my window. And Terry was about ready to let the cat out. So I yelled to him to not let the cat out because I couldn't see what it was. I could just see this white animal. And when I yelled to Terry, the animal startled and it like ran a little bit beyond my window. And then I saw that it was a deer. And so then I went to the back door. So it, it ran around that way. So to the back of my house and I turned on the light and there it was, this beautiful deer. Now the deer wasn't specifically white, but just very light colored and I could see it. So, but my, my impression was there's this white animal outside of my door or, or outside of my window. I don't know if it's an, a deer. I don't know if it's a dog certainly not a cat because it was big. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that that's a weird start to the day, right? A white animal. And then uh, later, I didn't say anything to Terry about it being a, a, a white deer. I just said it's a it's a deer. And later he went out to go put his stuff in the car to get ready to go to work. And he goes, did you know there's a white deer out here? I'm like, yeah, that's what I saw out the bedroom window this morning. Weird, right? So, so weird. So then I'm thinking back to um, the closing, the abrupt closing out of the webinar as I was talking about going with the flow. I mean, literally, those were about the last words out of my mouth. We have to learn to go with the flow uh, and to reduce that, you know, our stubborn tendencies to stay where we are. Boom. I even re-listened back this morning to the very last couple of seconds of what that uh, what I was talking about. And what I had remembered saying was similar to that. So I was like, okay, go with the flow. How do we go with the flow of an internet outage that really literally takes me out of doing anything um, for the rest of the day? 
I have charts that I need to, to, to print up for tomorrow, meaning today I have all these things to do and now I can't do them. So what am I going to do? So, uh, and by the way, when my internet goes out here, I don't even have cell phone service. I have a booster over here to boost my cell signal for me, uh, but it's connected to the wireless. And when that is out, I have one bar maybe of cell service. So I went outside because I thought if I go outside, I might be able to text a few people and tell them because I might have more bars when I go up to out to my deck. So I'm standing there on the deck and I'm trying to uh, text people and a big bumblebee, I mean, literally the size of a quarter, I mean, all the way around size of a quarter comes zooming at me and whaps me right upside the head. I'm like, whoa, what the heck was that? And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm going in. I'm going in. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going in. And it was a nice day. So then I went, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go for a walk. I, I need to, you know, get this frustration out. So I decided, got my shoes on, got my my bright, shiny jacket thing on so people will see me walking. And uh, I walk out the door and literally some other cotton-picking bug flies at me and smacks me right in the cheek. I'm like, oh, what are you trying to tell me? I'm thinking the universe is trying to tell me something, but I don't know what it is. I have no idea what the message is. I had Asa, who I could text, look up Bumblebee for me because it was very clearly a Bumblebee that first hit me. And they're just now emerging because the weather's been kind of nice. So she looks it up and she, she texts it to me. And a lot of it sounded, you know, like, okay, this could have some meaning. Uh, I don't know what kind of bug hit me in the face later. It was probably... An, another bee or a fly who knows I didn't get stung you know I don't think bumblebees sting anyway and I still don't know what the message is right I do not know so last night I'm hallelujahing about nine o'clock when my internet comes back on uh, and I finally get it all ready to go but I'm tired so I'm like okay in the morning I will print charts well guess what my printer will work but the scan won't. So I can print people's charts, but I can't get them to them. Well, I mean, I could, I suppose. Oh, I just thought of an idea that I might be able to do. Um, yeah, no, that won't work because I print them and then I write all over them and then I have to scan it so I can send it back. Anyway, it's just ridiculous, you guys. I am worn down. I don't know if your lives are going like this, you know, where it's one crash course after another in life and being in the flow, I, I have no idea. I hope you guys aren't as freaking frustrated as I am over all of this stuff. But every time this makes me think, is the universe telling me I'm doing the wrong things? That's my questioning, right? Am I not meant to do webinars, right? It seems like every freaking time I'm getting ready to do a webinar or even come on air, my internet goes out or something happens with my camera or something happens with my headset or the printer. Ay, ay, ay. It leaves you going, what the heck, right? What the heck? What is going on? And I'm big on science. I'm a generator. And some of you out there are generators. You dance with that outer world. The outer world informs you of your 
next steps. So what am I supposed to read into all of that? I do not know. I do not know. It, because it's so frustrating, I know that it is something important, right? If I didn't care about it, it probably wouldn't even be worth mentioning here this morning. It was the preponderance of the signs, the white deer, or at least the perception of it being a white deer. I have no clue if it's really white because I didn't see it the second time once it got lighter outside. The internet disruption after being excited about presenting a webinar, the getting hit in the head with a bumblebee, then getting smacked in the face by some other bug. Oh, and get this. And then realizing as I'm on my walk, I'm out on the street about, oh, maybe a quarter mile down from my house, and they have 5G down there. There's 5G cell service down there. I'm like, you know, what, do I go get my computer and sit down on the curbside? There's not even curbs. Sit down on the grass? No, it's not even grass. It's a, it's a channel, a drainage channel. Oh, my God. I just was like, okay, that is it. What? So the rest of the day, I just enjoyed myself. What else could I do, right? I just did whatever I could do. I was thankful that the electricity was on, right? So that I could uh, see, so that I could cook dinner, so that I could, you know, use uh, uh, lights and so forth. But I mean to tell you, you guys, I am like this close to just signing off. Not out of life, I mean, but signing off. Like, is doing this business not what I meant to be doing? I can't, I find that so hard to believe. I find it hard to believe because one, I enjoy what I do, with the exception of the days when it gets all blown up. And I believe that I help you guys. I believe that I'm doing my path of service. So why is it always blowing up? Please tell me. It just never works out the way that I want it to work out. And I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay because perhaps I was too attached. That's my uh, prenatal solar or, or lunar eclipse. My lesson to learn is about detaching from outcomes. Okay? So I get that. I could detach a little. I could step back a little. But why the barrage of things that are always happening to me like this? I don't know. If any of you have insight, I would love to hear it. Uh, but anyway, that that is my frustration. It, it's actually kind of amusing when I looked back over the day and I'm thinking, who gets hit in the head by a bumblebee? Not many people. It was almost such a blatant um, sign, right, that I was like, okay, if I can get a text out to my daughter, I need her to go look it up for me. And uh, And then... There's no word, not one word from Wave Broadband about what happened. Like, don't we deserve an answer? Like, what? I, I texted somebody. I said, you know, it's either the X-class uh, solar flares or the Chinese, right? We blame everything on the Chinese. Why not this being blamed on the Chinese? And I'm just like, LOL, I do not know what is going on. And we still don't know. But it was a mass outage. Right? It wasn't just me or just our island. It was a lot of anybody who had wave uh, in Oregon, in Washington, uh, got knocked out for whatever that was about. I don't know if it was related to the AT&T outage in the morning. I doubt it. Uh, it doesn't seem likely, but 
frustration. Let's talk about the full moon, shall we? Because of course, you know, I'm an astro I'm, I'm going to look at the astrological signature of all of this. And the only thing that big was really going on is this full moon. This full moon is in Virgo. This full moon is at five degrees and 23 minutes of Virgo. That is almost to the second where my natal Pluto sits. Tom, yours too. Londa, if you're listening, yours too. So are you guys having these upheavals in your life? Kind of. I bet you are in some way. And uh, so I'm looking, and then my natal moon sits just two degrees beyond that at, uh, or eight degrees of, of Virgo. So this full moon is sitting on top of a very powerful combo of planets in my own chart that really relates to transformation, emotional transformation. And I can tell you, there's a lot of emotion for me around all of this. I mean, as I'm walking, I'm thinking, you know, I'm 62. I could just take my social security and say, screw working and just do whatever I want, whenever I want. I don't have to make this a business. Yeah, anyway, but that is all a part, I'm sure, of the astrology for me at the moment. And now I'm looking up numbers and it says 222. Yesterday was 222, 222. Um, crazy, crazy guys. So when we look at this full moon, though, there's a lot of really good information for us in it. <laughs> We just have to dig a little. And and really, literally, when we look at the chart, I'm going to see if this, look at the chart. I mean, all of the planets, well, I've got this sideways. Let's do it this the right way. Wait, that's upside down. Holy moly, Janet. There we go. So you can see the in the chart that almost all the planets are over on the one side with only the moon, the black moon, Lilith, and the part of fortune holding the handle, if you will, of the umbrella. It reminds me of an umbrella. So it means that there's a lot of one-sidedness in this full moon. There's a lot of one-sidedness happening currently anyway, um, partly social-cultural, right, that is up above that horizon line, and then personal that is down below that horizon line. And in, in the collective chart, this is the collective chart. Now, if I were to pull each one of your own charts, we're going to see the same pattern, but it's going to be maybe slanted a little bit in some ways, depending on how your chart is um, oriented from what is your rising sign. And uh, that means that all of us in some way are experiencing this intensity, it seems like, with only one little planet out here, the moon in this case, holding the handle. And that makes for intensity, right? There's this intensity. And now you add to it that this is a full moon that is holding that handle. And a full moon is always about revelation, completion, letting go, moving on, moving out, <laughs> blowing up, I guess. I don't know what else I could say, but it is always in some ways going to bring us some of the drama. And the drama here would be sort of um, across the Virgo and Pisces axis, right? Sun is in Pisces, moon is in Virgo, right? So there's this dynamic tension that runs between the sun and the moon during a full moon, all full moons. But that dynamic tension is now between Virgo's analytical 
uh, practical, organized, perfectionistic tendencies, and Pisces more intuitive, spiritual, unclear um, energy, right? Like creative and imaginative energies as well, right? So we're, we're, we've got these two different, very different energies, right? That are opposing one another. So in um, the full moon, the, the, the moon itself in Virgo uh, brings attention to practicality and to organization and to attention to detail. And it's a time when we're urged to really analyze and refine aspects of our lives for improvement, efficiency, practicality, groundedness. You know, you can use a lot of different Virgo and words there. And then, of course, the house that Virgo sits at in your own natal chart is the area of life that that is being brought to. Okay, so in this chart here, Virgo sits on the seventh house. So I would expect that those Virgoan traits then are being applied to your agreements and contracts, to your relationships, both business and uh, your, you know, closer relationships, spouse, significant other. And uh, if wherever it is in your chart, then you're bringing those Virgoan traits to that area of your life. All right. Now, this particular full moon also happens to sit across from Mercury, planet of communication, and Saturn, the planet of form and structure with the sun right between them. So when you look at the chart, Mercury is at 2 degrees 11 minutes of Pisces, the sun is at 5 degrees 23 minutes of Pisces, and Saturn is at 9 degrees 15 minutes of Pisces. So even Mercury and Saturn in this are well within orb, and what we have then is the moon in an exact opposition to those three planets coming together. So it adds some complexity, a little bit of um, interestingness <laughs> to the moon uh, this time. So when we look at Mercury and Pisces, of course, Mercury is the planet of communication so and intellect, right? So your mind. Um, and in the sign of Pisces, it's associated then with intuition, with empathy, with imagination. And Mercury in Pisces then tends to be more intuitive um, and less focused on details, more, you know, let's see the bigger picture, preferring to communicate maybe through symbolism, through mythology, through uh, poetry, through art. All right, so that's Mercury here. Saturn uh, represents the structure, the discipline, the responsibilities that we have. And in Pisces, Saturn's influence is really uh, manifesting for us as a need for boundaries uh, and structure in our lives, in uh, our spiritual and our imaginative pursuits, so our creative selves. And it can also signify lessons around or challenges to things like our faith or to compassion or to letting go. So I'm just giving you these separate pieces. Now let's put them together, right? Let's put them together in the context of this full moon. So one thing that we could say then is we're being asked to balance practicality and intuition during this time. Because there's that tension between Virgo's desire for practicality and Pisces' inclination toward intuition, spiritual understanding. So finding a balance between the very physical earthiness of Virgo and the very spiritual nebulous energies of Pisces seems to be a part 
of what we're experiencing, we're going to need to integrate those analytical parts with our intuitive insights. And this brings up communication challenges. <laughs> Isn't that an understatement? Uh, Mercury's opposition with the full moon may bring about those challenges in communication, whether it's interpersonal, is it internet, is it being able to communicate what we want to say, Virgo's precision in what it says or does can clash with Piscean tendency toward ambiguity or idealism, right? So it's essential then that we strive for a balance, we strive for clarity, and we avoid misunderstandings during this time. If you're not quite sure what to say or how to say what you need to say, be very cautious in how you say what you say, and maybe hold on saying it, right? Because if you're having trouble saying it, the other person or group may have trouble understanding it. And it's not going to come out the way that you hoped. It's not going to uh, necessarily be um, clear. It might be emotional, but is it clear? That would be the question. Now, we also have to navigate our responsibilities and our dreams during this period of time. So Saturn's presence in Pisces um, highlights that need for us to balance that part of our lives, the, the down-to-earth form and structure against the ideals, the idealism, the creative energies of Pisces. And so a sense of duty or obligation um, can conflict with our desire for creative growth and expansion, right? The big is coming into con to conflict with what we have to focus on. So it might be very difficult for us to focus. It's going to be hard for us to integrate maybe, or that's the challenge. How do we integrate both those parts to ourselves? Now, we might have practical solutions for spiritual challenges during this time. I'm hoping for one because I need one. Um, the Virgo full moon, of course, always seeks, anything in Virgo, seeks to find practical solutions plain and simple, right? Practical um, solutions to any spiritual challenge, emotional challenge, physical challenge, etc. But because the moon is what's in Virgo, it's more the emotional. And because it's opposing planets in a very spiritual sign, those are the two big areas where we have to find um, these practical solutions. And the alignment urges us to confront issues in our lives and to implement tangible strategies for improvement. It's almost like, you know how I say, I like to say, you know, you have to do something, right? You might have all these wonderful ideas and things like that in your mind, but if you want to actually do something, you have to do something. <laughs> you have to take steps in the physical world because we live on a 3D planet. You have to take the physical steps. So is that what we have to do? We have to take tangible steps forward to improve or to make something better. Okay, that can be the confusing part. That's the part that confuses me right now. Like, what, do, what am I not doing that's practical? What am I doing that's so impractical that it blows up on me all the time? Good question, right? Now, we also have to have attention to detail during this time versus just the big picture thinking. Because Virgo is the details and Pisces is the big picture. And we have to find a way to bring those together to honor both sides. And 
that attention to detail may clash with that Piscean wanting to see the bigger picture, right? And the Piscean bigger picture is not going to sit well with Virgo. That's like, okay, let's do this, right? Let's do it the right way, one step at a time, forward motion. So it's important to realize that both perspectives are necessary for us to move on, for us to do anything, for us to be harmonious in the actions that we want to take. So overall, the opposition of the Sun, uh, the Sun, Mercury, Saturn to the Moon um, is all about integrating, balancing our approach to life in our approach to communication in our approach to our responsibilities, our duties, right? The practical uh, due diligence side and our spiritual growth. Um, it's time for discernment and discernment. That is such an interesting word, right? To discern is to tease out from the whole what is most important, what is truth, what is fact even, right? Versus the fiction or versus the story versus the mythology, right? So discernment. And then that creates the need for us to navigate through the tension between that analytical thinking um, part of ourselves and the more intuitive understanding parts of ourselves. But wait, there's more. <laughs> this is a full moon that's fully loaded. I mean, fully loaded. Now, on top of the full moon across from Mercury and Saturn, we also have a conjunction between Chiron, the wounded healer, and the North Node in Aries, and they are in an exact conjunction at 16 degrees of the sign of Aries, right? So we have a very interesting combination and potential for healing energy here with Chiron. And it is bringing together the themes of healing and growth and destiny within the context of our personal identities, right? You have your own North Node, you have your own wound through Chiron. And now when we're seeing collectively, we have the wound connected to destiny, we see that it's a potential for some, yes, for some wounding, but also for healing energy. So Chiron, remember, in astrology, is often referred to as the wounded healer because he was wounded and then he healed and then he went on to heal others who were wounded. And it represents our personal deepest wounds and our vulnerabilities. What are you, you know what I'm vulnerable to? Technology blowing up on me. That is like the, the worst for me, right? pull my tooth rather than take my internet away. I mean, literally. And Chiron also represents our capacity for healing and for then mentoring others as a role model, perhaps, or as an actual coach or counselor or mentor. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a uh, organized way of helping others, right? It's just the energy of that healing. So Chiron's placement in your birth chart highlights where your, what area of your life where there's wounding and where there needs to be healing and growth. But when they come to, when Chiron comes together with the North Node, it is more of a collective healing and need for growth of which you are a part, right? You are a part of all this. So the North Node is a part in our birth chart that represents our direction of growth and expansion and evolution. 
right? It really represents the where am I going from where I have been, right? The south node is where I have been. The north node is where I need to go. And it signifies the qualities of the experiences that you're meant to develop and embrace in order to fulfill your soul's purpose and identity. So that is working on an individual level. But then we also have a collective destiny and purpose for being here. And that's and, and the healing of that now is what we're looking at with the conjunction of these two. And these two are conjunct in Aries, which is a sign associated with the qualities of independence, of courage, of assertiveness, of action, of bold action even, self-discovery, self-identity, self-sufficiency, lots of words that we could bring up in relation to Aries. And it's an, a sign that encourages us as individuals and as peoples to take the initiative to embrace new beginnings, and to assert your individuality into the world, right? Take the path and claim of your individuality. So now when Chiron is conjunct the North Node in Aries, we have several key themes that are emerging. So I want to give you these themes that are emerging. But hold that for a minute. I just want to see how everybody's doing out here this morning, because there's a lot of comments, and I'm sorry, I've been just ignoring them. Um, let's see. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe how far back I have to go. Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. JLo, hello. Tom W., there you are. Good morning, Astro family. Good morning, Natasha, Christine Buckingham. Um, and Joan Durchy, good morning. And uh, Janet, your show went dark after, yeah, I know, 25 minutes into it. 25 minutes, literally, I just went out. Uh, Debbie tibbetts Tumiel, good morning. Christine, AT&T, they went out across the country. Yeah, I don't know because they didn't tell us. And that is the most irresponsible thing about businesses. They don't tell you. I can handle it if, you know, some big, bomb went off in your office in New Jersey. I mean, come on. I just can't handle not knowing. Um, Christine says, you should have had a V8. Yes, I should have. Tom says, everybody sing. I'm picking up my baby bumblebee. <laughs> Won't my mommy be so proud of me? Oh, my Lord. That's funny. Um, JLo says, oh, Janet, I have been feeling this for almost a month. The oddest things ever. Uh, have you seen my message? Uh, oh, what message, JLo? You'll have to tell me where to look because I don't know that I've seen. I think there was a message I looked at, but I I don't know what it is you're referring to. I think it's a sign, Christine says, that we need to strengthen our grid and infrastructure ASAP. Definitely. Terry Lee. Uh, no, you are spirit. Your spirit is testing you to see if you could just let it roll off. Well, you know, after so many instances of this happening, it becomes harder to let it roll off, right? Because then you're like, am I just beating my head up against a brick wall and doing the same things, expecting a new in outcome, which is called insanity? I don't know, Terry. I'll have to think about that one. Natasha says, yes, I feel the bangs and bumps and my naysaying moments I take as a time to make sure I want to do my calling. Teddy Hickox, good morning to you. Debbie Tibbetts says, I had a hawk swooping in my yard two weeks ago over and over. Awesome. Messenger. Uh, Debbie, I think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I think so too, but then why is it so um, difficult? 
Asa, good morning to you. Thank you yesterday for being there to help me. Uh, Teresa, for myself, stop, breathe, focus, gratitude, love, light, joy, higher frequencies, bring answers. Get Got to get you out of that wave that tumbles you. Yeah, indeed. There's just no other choice. You know, isn't that the other thing that really irks us when, like, I, there aren't many choices for cable companies or for internet companies. And there just aren't, right? Share, Sarah Schwinnard, good morning. Thank you very much. Terry, a time of fertility and strong sexuality, indeed. As the uh, sun and earth are in the gate 55, which is the gate of abundance. And, you know, that whole idea of fertility, enoughness, and the earth is in the gate of sexuality, which is, it's just so interesting, which is also related to fertility and productivity. And uh, it's pretty profound, actually, when you think of the energies like that. Uh, Christine, thank you very much. Terry, you can always message me to look it up. Oh, I, yeah. Asa looked up Bumblebee for me. I do not know what hit me in the face later. Some other bug flying blind. Um, okay, and any other questions here? Um, Pisces, Sun, and Mercury in the natal. That makes sense. Awesome. Um, Patty, say hi. Hi to you. All right, so uh, let's go on, okay? If anybody else has questions about what we've been talking about, feel free to put those down there. I will go back to the chat. So what I want to talk about now is what happens when Chiron conjuncts the North Node. And remember, this is happening on the same day as a full moon, which, by the way, happens tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. in Washington, D.C. That is East Coast time, 4.30 a.m. for those of us here on the West Coast. And if you happen to be listening to me from the Universal Time Zone, that would be at 12.30 in the afternoon for uh, you all. So all happening on the same day, February 24th. Uh, so Chiron, conjunct the North Node in Aries, can mean that we're healing through a process of self-discovery. The aspect kind of suggests that part of our soul's journey right now and the evolutionary path that we're on right now involves healing through self-discovery and self-assertion. Putting yourself out there after you discover what it is you're here to do and who it is you're here to be. We may encounter wounds, though, along the way related to our sense of identity, our confidence, our independence, our, our ability to be bold, um, all of that. And the journey toward these healing, to healing these wounds is um, intricately tied to embracing our individuality and taking courageous action. Taking courageous action. Think about that for a minute. We also need to embrace our vulnerability. We're all, I think, afraid to be vulnerable, right? There are parts of us that we hold back where we tell the lie of omission, right? We don't tell people exactly what is happening or what, what it is that we're feeling, right? We hold back because we're afraid to be vulnerable. So Chiron's present here, presence here highlights our vulnerability and our woundedness, and particularly in the context of asserting ourselves out into the world, right? So there's this hidden wound here, uh, and that wound might be then impacting our ability to pursue our goals and our dreams, to follow a vision, 
So this aspect, though, also suggests that we're embracing vulnerability and healing the wound. And it's an essential part of the healing process to go through this. We're also being asked to step into leadership. Now, I don't mean that all of us are going to be the master and commander of, of some organization or of some, you know, club, um, but being the master and commander of your own life, of your own destiny. And the, the Aries energy is very bold. This is assertive energy with Chiron in a conjunction to the North Node in this sign. The emphasis is for us to step into our leadership roles in our individual lives, despite any past wounds or insecurities that we have been feeling or that we have experienced. And in a way, Aries energy as the first sign of the zodiac is always going to be about forging a new path forward right? Moving into new territory. It's a sign associated with new beginnings and pioneering or the pioneering spirit. So with Chiron conjunct the North Node, we're all pioneers, but we're pioneering in ways that are unique and um, special to us as individuals. But this is also collective energy. So what's the pioneering spirit in how we are coming together at this part of our um, evolutionary path together. It's partially that our destiny here involves forging new paths and exploring uncharted territory. We can't keep going backwards into the past, right? There are some political movements out there trying to drag us backwards. We can't. We can't go back. It's never like you think it's going to be. We have to be moving forward. We have to be willing to, with courage, with resilience, to face what is in front of us. And we have to be willing to confront the challenges head on, right? Head on. Not hiding, not using cancer tactics, which would be kind of like sidewinding into that. We have to hit it head on, right? Question everything. Um, and along the way, when Chiron and the North know, they suggest to us that we are also empowering others as we move on in our journey, right? It's not just you doing you for you. You doing you for you also shows others that it's possible for them to do them. It's really kind of key that, you know, this is happening in a sort of social, cultural um, way so that we can see how we can move forward. It also suggests that part of our journeys then it is about helping others embrace their uniqueness, um, their, uh, their destinies, and helping them to see what is the next best thing for them to do, embracing their individualities, uh, asserting themselves, pursuing their goals. Like I could, I could be the cheerleader for all of you in the best way. <laughs> I could see through everything that you would need to do. I could direct you, I could guide you, lead you. It's my own need that is the problem, right? And I think that happens to a lot of us, right? I can, I'm really good at helping others, but God help me, right? Because it's a blind spot that we have. And only by actually embracing that and, and pushing forward can we actually see what it is that we all need to do as individuals. We have to use determination, courage, fortitude, de 
shall I say, determination again, because it just wanted to come out again. So overall, the Chiron and North Node conjunction speaks to a powerful journey of our healing and self-discovery and empowerment and invites us to embrace our weaknesses, right? Our path forward, our individuality, and take courageous action forward, especially as we're navigating our path towards evolution, growth, fulfillment, that type of thing. But wait, there's more. I feel like a car commercial, but wait, there's more. Um, the aspect of Chiron and the North Node in a conjunction are also in an exact inconjunct, which is a quincunx, which is difficult, to the Black Moon Lilith in Virgo. I mean, they're all three at 16 something degrees, right? So they're, and the inconjunct is most powerful within one degree. Well, the inconjunct here is within less than a degree. So this is very highly activated at this time, right? During this full moon. So um, it, it's a complex dynamic that gets created involving themes of healing from Chiron, destiny from the, um, the North Node, and integration, which would be what the Black Moon Lilith is um, kind of requiring of us in Virgo. So we, we've already talked about Chiron conjunct the North Node, emphasizing healing and growth and moving on to our destiny, embracing our, our uniqueness, but also our individuality, taking courageous action, all of that, right? Now, the Black Moon in uh, the Black Moon Lilith in Virgo. So remember, the Black Moon represents uh, a point in the moon's orbit when it's furthest away from Earth. So it's not a body so much as it is a sensitive point. And it's associated with the darker, more hidden aspects of the divine feminine, including themes like our primal instincts for survival, our sexuality, independence, repressed emotions, right? That's what the Black Moon Lilith is, the shadows, the fears, the blocks and restrictions, the patterns that are holding us to some stereotypical role in the world. And in Virgo, these energies are being filtered through the lenses of perfectionism, analysis, and service-oriented tendencies. So we have, you know, reasons why we're doing what we're doing in the world that might be related to shadows or underlying motivations that maybe we don't have access to on the surface. So now when Chiron conjunct the North Node in conjuncts the Black Moon Lilith, we have a very challenging aspect kind of hidden in the pattern here that requires us to integrate something new and to make adjustments in our lives, to adjust our focus, to adjust the work that we do. So this is integration and healing and shadow work. So, you know, those annoying questions that I asked here in the beginning of the show this morning, like, why does this keep happening to me? Is there something more that I need to do that I'm not seeing, right? These are self-reflective and they are shadow work, right? Because there's something I'm not seeing in front of me. There's something underneath that I need to get to that is dogging me, right? 
and this is the thing, right? With Chiron's conjunction to the North Node, we're being asked to pull out our individuality and live that out loud. And we can focus on healing and growth at the same time. And now it, with the inconjunct aspect of the Black Moon, it's like a joke, it suggests that there may be underlying issues or shadow aspects related to self-worth, perhaps, to perfectionism, to repressed emotions, to a fear, to a block or a limiting thought process that we need to contend with in order to shine the lightest, brightest light on our individuality. Yay. Now, we also have the uh, need to balance independence and service, right? Virgo is a sign of service. And I don't mean service as in becoming a slave to the work you do or to any other people uh, on the planet or letting them be, you know, your enslavers or you enslaving anybody or anything else. It's about serving. And I always equate serving with sharing of my gifts and my talents, right? That's how I always look at it. It's not service as in I'm, you know, somehow at the low end of a hierarchy and that's all I can do is serve. I live to serve kind of thing. It's not like there's this master-servant relationship. It's about the path to sharing your uniqueness and your um your individuality with the world, your gifts and your talents. We all have different gifts and talents that, you know, we're here to share with the world. So we have to balance that need to be our unique, individual, independent self with the idea of sharing what we know, what we've learned and our experiences with others. Okay, that's a big deal here with the Black Moon. And while we're doing that, we have to recognize the importance of humility, of practicality, and of service to the whole, right? Service to the whole, not just to myself, but to the whole. So it is an important um, aspect of this whole experience of the full moon. We also have to learn to navigate through our inner conflicts, right? Our inner conflicts are being triggered at this point. And the inconjunct or quincunx aspect often brings a sense of that inner conflict to the surface and its tension and it requires us to adjust something in our attitude or in our 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 lives our reality um, it might also require us to integrate something new into the pattern right or to take and bring in some new aspect and when you have inconjuncts or quincunxes in your own life, in your own charts, you're often, you know, having to find ways to just adjust, adjust, and to, you know, kind of sacrifice something that you thought you wanted for something else, because that way is not open, you have to go this way. So we feel torn at this point between our desire to assert ourselves boldly in a way that uh, makes sense for us as individuals, but also the fear of criticism or rejection. Virgo, right? Those are Virgo things. Rejection, um, criticism, or will be criticized, will be judged harshly by others. So we have to find a way to honor both sides of that uh, equation without sacrificing our authenticity or our integrity. So we're finding ways to move ahead fearlessly, but also in a way that is a path of service that's unique to you, 
right? That is true for you. You know, don't go out and just go find something to serve, right? Make it something that's from your heart, right? That's the key here. And this is also a time for us to embrace the feminine shadow. The black moon Lilith brings attention to the darker, uh, more primal aspects of the feminine energy, the things that we might be repressing. And I'm talking about feminine energy, but I'm not talking about men versus women here. This is the feminine energy, and we all carry the feminine energy. And we may be overlooking or repressing certain aspects of ourselves that the Black Moon Lilith in Virgo is saying, can't keep doing that. Got to do something different. Got to bring something new out because it's a healing journey that the Black Moon Lilith engages us with, as well as Chiron conjunct the North Node. So there's a big healing journey going on here. And that means embracing our sexuality, our intuition, our emotional depth, and also maintaining a level of discernment in our lives. So we're doing the right things for us. We're understanding when it is that somebody's trying to run an end game on us. Um, and we're using practicality as a way to stay grounded through this period of time. So overall, the in-conjunct aspect of Black Moon Lilith to Chiron and the North Node is highlighting the need for us to integrate, to adjust, to balance between assertiveness and humility, between independence and service, between healing and shadow work, right? It is a, it is a big, quiet, maybe not so quiet, but it's a big thing happening in beneath this full moon, right? It's almost like the timing is just eloquent. And this is also a dynamic aspect that is inviting us to go on that journey, to confront the inner conflicts, to confront and embrace all the aspects of yourself that maybe you've diminished or that you've put on the shelf or that you've maybe not even seen yet because it's back out here and you just don't see it. This is a journey then that's being indicated here, a journey to wholeness, to fulfillment, to living your life on your terms, but as a part of a bigger whole. I hope all that makes sense. I know that was a lot. Uh, as I was breaking this down this morning, I'm thinking, ah, hopefully I don't lose people along the way. So let me know, did I lose you along the way? Uh, black moon matters. Yes, it does. The black moon matters. And it, it matters because if you don't see the shadows that are holding you back or holding you down or blocking your path forward, there's no way that you're going to be able to um, let go of them or heal through them. You have to recognize it first, right? And that's, I think, you know, as related to what I was saying earlier in the broadcast, that is my frustration. I don't see what it is that I'm not seeing about all of these things that are happening, why they keep happening over and over again. What is it that I'm just hitting my head up a brick wall? I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know. Maybe if I stop trying, it'll just come to me. I don't know that either. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay, one last thing uh, of, a, of a human design interest is that the the full moon itself will be happening at the gate 59 in human design, which again is that place of vulnerability. It is that place of sexuality, of productivity, of protection, of uh, sharing 
It's a very sharing energy that the moon will be sitting at, sharing your gifts and your talents, your knowledge, your wisdom, your insights, your fill in the blank, right? Your, your resources in some way. And that is a very masculine energy. The gate 59 is literally the most masculine energy of the human design chart. So we have very masculine energy with what I hope you've just seen are some very feminine characteristics. So we could also look at the, ba the balancing of the two hemispheres of the brain, action and logic and creativity and being receptive, right? So again, all a part of this moon. And then the very next day, uh, the moon and, I mean, the sun and earth move into a new set of gates. The 37, which is on the emotional center, that's the gate of harmony or peace. And the uh, earth at the gate 40, which is a gate of restoration, kind of the need for some alone time. Um, so it they form a channel between um, the emotional solar plexus and the heart center or will center. And that is called the channel of family, the channel of community. It is a part of the old paradigm energy that is shifting as we move into 2027. And in that aspect, it's called the channel of administration. And it's where this whole big phenomenon of bureaucracies and hierarchies came to be in the first place to help us organize larger communities of people. And as that shifts out of focus, um, the opportunity to build a new world comes into play. And that new world is being built on what will become abundance, right? A different way of being together. And someday we'll, you know, dive deeper into that whole um, change that's coming up. I've talked about it before, and many people out there already are talking about what happens in 2027. So it's good to keep in mind as we go through this particular gate combination, the 40 and the 37, which by the way, is from the 25th through the 29th. So through the whole last week of the month, what is it that we have built that is not sustainable anymore in terms of bureaucracies and hierarchies and organizations and so forth? How can they be trimmed back in some ways to be more sustainable, to make for a more peaceful place, a more peaceful world? Um, it feels like to sustain these big bulky bureaucracies is too much trouble too much energy expending right now. And that lest they all come crumbling down from just the sheer weight of their volume of what we've created, we need to take steps to ensure that we lighten those up in some way, right? But to do so also means that there's a whole chunk of people that might be suddenly out of jobs. So we have to balance the needs of the many and how can we create something new that's more sustainable, but not, you know, kill off the world for, um, you know, what could be hundreds of thousands of people, could be millions of people that are in this upper heavy bureaucratic hierarchical uh, organization. I don't know how we get through it, but we will. We don't have much choice. Uh, okay. So let me go back here. Questions. 
friends. I don't see, maybe we move to, a, maybe a move to a new place is meant for you. Well, it isn't lost upon me, Christine, that as I go into my solar return in June, that will be a perfected fourth house transit or fourth house year, which does create movement, right? Relocation, perhaps, buying or selling of property. Um, I don't have a mother alive, so it's not going to be issues around mother. So we'll see. Uh, we need an animal card and maybe a bumblebee. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, you, you want to hear something even funnier? <laughs> so so the bumblebee hits me in the head. Boom. I literally scream because I got hit in the head by a bumblebee. And my scream, because I'm outside on my deck and the trees have no leaves, right? Nothing. There's no, there's no cushion for sound. I hear myself screaming, echoing <laughs> the, the whole freaking neighborhood. And then all the dogs started barking in response to my scream which just cracked me up. I mean, I was just like, oh my God, I'm wondering, like, are the neighbors going to come running out to see, you know, who's screaming and why? That that part was funny too. It's like, I couldn't get a break yesterday, really. It was kind of hysterical. So let's pull an animal card. And if I pull a bee, I'm going to just die laughing, uh, happily die laughing. And what else? What was the other card? I think I'm going to do a, um, where'd you go? Star codes. And I, I don't know. We'll see. Let's do, let's do this one first. So now for those of you who purchased the webinar, <laughs> I have to decide now, am I going to just record the other half? Because we, I was literally only 25 minutes into it. So I still have a lot of information to share. Or do I schedule it for another day, start from the beginning and go through it or schedule it for another day and just go through from where I left off? I haven't come to that answer yet. I'm sure I'll hear feedback from people about what they would like. Um, but, <laughs> oh, this is cool. White Raven Spirit. Trust in the magic. Oh, my Lord. I don't think we've ever pulled this card either. White Raven Spirit. Trust in the magic. Look at the numbers. Double sixes. Six and six is a 12, which is a three. That's creative energy. Mm -hmm. I like this one. 66. I do not think ever. I've had these cards for umpteen years. I don't even know. I can't even tell you how many years I've had them. And I do believe this is the first time I've ever pulled White Raven Spirit. So I'm going to be really interested to see what it has to say. Okay. Trust in the magic. Nothing in the universe is random for the intricate web of co-creation weaves together all events and has done so since the beginning of time. Coincidences have meaning and White Raven Spirit appears to remind you to pay attention to the synchronicities so that you might recognize patterns. Oh my gosh, really? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Even the winds dance in a pattern, participating in the magic of spirit's plan for all. Align with the highest good and intentions, and you will come to see that White Raven is guiding you, an ally to you, and messenger from spirit. Align with the light, and you will start to recognize that all is working together harmoniously in ways the eye can't always see and the mind can't always comprehend. 
The universe is conspiring on your behalf right now, drawing you to the light and bringing you the magic and miracles that are your birthright. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is just funny. Now is the time to trust in the magic of the world that is everywhere and in all things. Pay attention to how things come together as if by magic and fall apart as if by magic. And you will see the hand of great spirit arranging things in your favor. Now, I'm also going to read the protection message because I wasn't quite sure, was it right side up or not? Because it kind of came out sideways. So, because it kind of popped out. So I'm going to read the protection message and maybe that makes sense to some of you as well. The protection message says, are you being distracted by the illusion of a chaotic universe? Deep in your heart, you know the world is full of magic and White Raven has appeared to remind you that the ways of the world can cause spiritual amnesia. Stay awake and alert for spirit wants you to enjoy the miracles all around you. Remember the evidence of divine order can be seen everywhere. Ask for a sign and it shall be yours. Synchronicities happen all the time. So if you are in a time of challenge and feeling cynical, all you need to do is ask for a reminder. White Raven will appear to assure you that all of this is leading to something better for magic is in the wind. Wow. If that isn't the best card ever for everything I'm feeling, hopefully it has a whole lot of meaning for all of you as well. All right. Um, let's do Let's do one more. I'm going to do a Star Codes Astro, right? This is a fairly new deck. Let's see what the astrology wisdom might be. Conjunction, alliance. And at first I thought these were ravens, but they're not. They are, looks like geese, right? Geese flying. And it's the conjunction. Interesting because we've talked about several conjunctions today, right? Mercury, Sun, and Saturn, and Chiron, and the North Node. And by the way, the Black Moon Lilith is also fairly close to a conjunction with the part of fortune. Joy. Hmm. Um, this is card number 51, which is also a six. That's interesting too. So the conjunction is called alliance. And it says, anytime two celestial bodies conjunct, meaning they dance close together, they first work together and blend meaning and purpose, then begin a new cycle of their relationship. The sun and moon conjunct at the new moon, but because the sun is overpoweringly huge, it has special rules. Planets are so tiny compared to the sun that when they are close, within eight degrees of the sun, they seem to disappear or combust. That's a term we use in astrology a lot. And they lose individual power. But when planets exactly conjunct the sun, their strength merges and grows within the heart of the sun. That's what's happening with Mercury on one side and Saturn on the other side of the sun. Um, the conjunction tells us we are stronger when we work together, as long as we don't disappear into another's flame. Action. Co-conspire. Find people and allies who support your ideas as this is not a situation in which to go it alone. Bring in someone with an extra skill to offer your project. Find the best friend to discuss your concerns with or spark off new partnership. Watch the energy build as you bounce ideas off another person. 
Just take care of your own energy fields and ideas in the process. If you have merged your energy with a partner, teacher, or coworker, or are considering merging, notice what strengthens you and where you may need to step back and individuate, find your own paradigm and technique. It can be lovely to love someone with a sun-like personality, warm, expansive, though at times exhausting, but don't combust. If it's time to align your life with another's, think of the line from the poet Rilke. Love consists of this, that two solitudes protect and border and greet each other. Let this be a yoking of two or more equals, a partnership that works best when each brings gifts and challenges to the table. The challenge, be wary of relationships that ask you to shrink yourself to fit them and value the conjunction over individual growth and the gift, a conjunction becomes greater than the sum of the parts. I think that's a good card. All right, we've got two good cards. White Raven Spirit, Remember the Magic or Trust in the Magic and the Conjunction card. All right, guys, that is it for me today. I hope you all have a blessed weekend. Have a wonderful full moon. Um, I'll see you on Monday. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.